Louise McSherry on 2FM. I am really excited about this next chat because it's the first of a series we'll be doing over the next few months because the journal has launched the Good Information Project, which I think is just a fascinating project. Its purpose is to find out what you want to know and what you want researched. Um, and then they will go off and do the research and find out more information about various topics. So they're posing a question and then doing a deep dive on the subject. Um, every month there's a new topic and we're going to be checking in each month to hear about what they've looked into. So joining us today from the Good Information Project within the journal is Grania Nikkei, or Grania Nia, excuse me. Hello, Grania. Hello, Grania. I'm sorry, I put the wrong fader up. God's sake. Um, How are you doing, Grania? (laughs) I'm good. How are you? I'm so good. Um, I'm really excited to learn about the project. So before we get into this month's Mm. question, um, you can explain the project a lot better than I can. So can you give us a quick overview? Yeah, I think you did a like a, a very succinct job of it, actually. So like <laughs> it is about asking people what they think about different projects and us going and that kind of leading our, our research. So over the next year, there'll be 15 different topics that we will look into over roughly the course of a month. And when we announce the topic, then you you can send in your ideas. So you can send it in through WhatsApp or the, there's a Facebook group as well. There's an email as well that you can send in on various topics so maybe one month you might not be too interested but you might be really interested in the next one Mm. and those kind of uh, strong opinions or feelings or questions people have about a certain topic that will dictate what exactly we look into and we want to give people a say on what they want to know and all of these topics are kind of around Ireland's future a little bit as well you know mm. things like uh, climate change and carbon neutrality be at 2050 things like what the world of work will look like after COVID things like the constitution it's changed so much should we have like a more uh, holistic look at it and and see how it might change so things like that might be some of the things that uh shape Ireland's future and that people might want to have a say in basically. And can you tell me why you think it's important to do this kind of work? Yeah, it's I suppose the news is very um, instant and day to day and all of that. And this is kind of a deeper look at things we might hear about regularly in the news, but we only get snippets of because mm. it's just how the news works. And this kind of gives a deeper look at things that might form a kind of uh, more interesting, I suppose, conversation about where Ireland is headed, how our society might change. And because of that, how people's lives day to day might change. A lot of these things like carbon neutrality sound like abstract and lofty. And then you but then when you talk about the practicalities of how things might change, it actually is a lot more interesting or a lot more important to people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I suppose like, I mean, even if you think about something like Brexit, you know, obviously we heard about Brexit over so many years that I think a lot of people had really tuned out on the conversation. Um, you know, by mm. the time it actually came into effect and had lost a connection to the real life impact and the the way that we would experience Brexit as Irish people. And of course, you know, it's it's more than just delivery times. But I think a lot of people were kind of like, wait a minute, what? Um, because these things yeah. can become kind of far away topics that other people are talking about. Definitely. And on Brexit, you know, I would have done a lot of reporting on that. And when you did something about a specific product, mm-hmm. you know, like meat or or dairy or anything like that that might have a problem 
being going in or out of Ireland. Whenever that happened, people were really interested in those stories and wanted to read about that because that kind of mattered to them more than the politics of it. Well, it's easier to get your head around as well, like a specific scenario, I think. Um, so sure. this is yeah. the first month of the Good Information Project. Um, and tell us about the topic that you chose for the first go around. So, so the first topic is something people would have heard about a lot, uh, but maybe not in detailed terms, the United Ireland mm. uh, or a more shared island of Ireland, basically. So it's interesting to, you know, we hear about it maybe not just only in politics a lot uh, over and history books and things like that, but also in pop culture and memes and in comedy sketches. It's, it's re- referenced a lot, mm. but the nuts and bolts of it are less kind of obvious to us mm. about what it could lead to in practicalities for people. Um, it, it's just a really interesting topic. So, you know, a, as part of the, the past couple of weeks, we've been looking at, we've been leaving the politics to one side mm. and looking more at kind of, you know, the comparisons to German unity, uh, how much it would cost, you know, any po- possible economic benefits how healthcare might work and, um, you know, what, what the flag might look like, whether it change or not. Uh, all these kind of inter- and one really interesting thing as well is the, the how it might affect new communities, women and young people in Northern Ireland and how they're taking part in the debate or not. Mm. Those were some of the kind of more practical elements of it. Uh, and there's kind of a lot of lessons, I suppose, in going down that route for mm. Ireland. You know, um, there, there's very interesting kind of ideas around identity um, from German unification. Uh, there's very interesting points about the opportunities for young people in Northern Ireland. And then also the question about the economy that comes up again and again, how much it would cost. But how do you actually measure what is economically worthwhile on a kind of a state level uh, is it that Northern Ireland is better off and Ireland isn't or vice versa mm-hmm. or that both have to benefit for an economic benefit to be there. So there's some of the things we looked at. And I suppose identity is something that's coming up time and time again, because obviously we've seen what happened this week in Belfast. And, you know, it certainly is a, one of the more difficult topics, I think, when you talk about a potential mm. United Ireland. What did you find in your in your work around that? Identity is really interesting. So if I if you, we just go back to German unification a couple of years ago, that's a good lesson, because even though it's seen as a success story and it is a success story that a lot of people in East Germany feel more East German than they do German. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of the overriding kind of uh, feeling that they have about their identity. And, you know, one um, writer on this topic uh, wrote about kind of East German, uh, the the concept of being East German and said that, you know, even what we perceive as beautiful is different, you know, that kind of brutalist buildings and things like that, which was so interesting about even after all these years, those kind of splits in society still exist. If you take that to Northern Ireland, there's a lot of issues around identity for young people. You know, we held a panel discussion with young people uh, last week and they talked about whether they were on one side of the divide or another. It always came back to a green or orange issue, you know, so we had a young uh, loyalist uh, student who told us that um, she was very, very, uh, she, even though she identifies as a unionist, she'd be very pro-choice, she'd be very uh, progressive in her views, but she always gets 
put into one category or another on the basis of her being unionist rather than her actual political views, if that makes sense. Yeah. So that is a kind of a difficult split for Northern Ireland at the moment. And it, and it could be quite frustrating for progress if every single issue, talk about climate change, you know, um, same-sex marriage and the pro-choice movement in the North, that it always comes back to, well, are you Protestant or are you Catholic? Are you, are you unionist or are you nationalist? Yeah, I can imagine that's really challenging. And of course, you know, for people who are unionist, you know, it would be very difficult to face a united Ireland. Yeah, and that's probably, probably hit on the core question, big question to answer in this debate. Mm. And, you know, I, th- I think one thing we can, you know, one thing that um, we could learn from German unity is that they didn't really bring East Germany into the debate about what do you guys want from a united Germany? Yeah. Whereas Ireland does seem to be asking the question. And even if that doesn't lead to United Ireland and we keep two jurisdictions on the island of Ireland, the idea that you would ask unionists, are there collaborations we can do on the island of Ireland that work for you, that, that you want f- from this? You know, so healthcare is a great example of that. Mm. You know, if... There are childcare, paediatric or paediatric healthcare services on an all island basis at the moment. So if you have a child in Northern Ireland who needs uh, urgent healthcare or heart care, they can go to Crumlin Hospital for that. And that is arranged because you don't really, you know, if you have a very sick child, you don't really want to get on a plane. You don't really want to stay in a hotel. You know, if you can drive there and back on the same day, even if it's a long drive, that's a little bit better than having to get a plane, especially. And as someone said to me, you know, no one's going to say that's against my political views to 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 get better health care or faster health care. So that's a good example of things that we can actually do in practice that work better for everyone. Mm. Um, Health health is just such a thing that I think it's quite raw because everybody has a, a connection to it. And when you give examples like that, you're like, yeah, I'm actually up for doing more of that. Let's see what else we can do that works a bit more holistically. And I mean, staying with healthcare, that does seem like that would be quite complex to manage as well, because, of course, people in Northern Ireland have the benefit of the NHS, um, which means mm. that they get, you know, free free healthcare that we don't get um, in the Republic of Ireland. Um, so, I mean, how how would you go about that? That's yeah, it's, that's a great question because it's actually just really valuable for people in Northern Ireland as yeah. well. When they were asked, there was a poll that asked people, would it encourage you or discourage you to vote for United Ireland when you think about the two healthcare systems on the island? And 52 percent it would said in, in Northern Ireland said that it would discourage them. Mm. And when you, you know, the example you gave there of free access or access to GPs, access to hospitals, access to prescriptions without often having to pay for it then and there, they pay through their tax system. Mm. That's a much kind of more appealing option than what we have in, in the Republic. Yeah. So, of course, that's valuable to them. And, and, you know, a professor said to me, even the most ardent Republican wouldn't be too quick to give up that system. Yeah. Um, but the other side of that is, you know, uh, politicians were, are, ta- are talking about this slime to care system mm. and if that is implemented and it does have cross-party support, mm-hmm. implementing it is another issue. Yeah. That is kind of moving in the direction of the, the healthcare system in the north. And then when you look at GB, GP care, free GP um, appointments are being given, rolled out increasingly to more and more children. Mm. 
and then a certain amount of the population have medical cards. So mm. if that keeps expanding, we're basically aligning ourselves to a system somewhat similar to what they have in Northern Ireland, which is happening kind of organically. <laughs> so yeah. that, that was an interesting thing I found out about this research. Well, I mean, I know that the people would be quick to tell us that the NHS is not flawed, but certainly those benefits sound very attractive. I was just, just yesterday, I was talking to a friend about dentistry and the fact that, mm. you know, dentistry is so so difficult for so many people to access in in the Republic of Ireland because it can be so prohibitively expensive and I know we have certain um, you know there are certain things that we're entitled to based on PRSI but you know it kind of assumes a certain level of dental health from the get-go and if you go in and you need a root canal and a couple of fillings you could be close to a thousand euro and that just means that people end up getting you know teeth pulled or you know they end up with no teeth uh, which makes no sense whereas that's not something that happens within the NHS so it would be good certainly if we could move closer to um, that kind of situation. Um, and then you yeah. mentioned the economy, because obviously that is a huge, a huge talking point and sticking point around this conversation. And what did mm. you find when you talked to people about that? It's definitely something people are interested in, you know, and almost a lot of political issues do come back about what what is economically worthwhile. Um, what we found was that there isn't a lot of concrete research done on how much it would cost and part of that is it's so hard to measure like so if you if you take the question itself how do you measure economic benefits is it that people are earning more is it that less people are unemployed is it that um people's um you know that the the gdp of the country is higher than it was before which is a terrible indicator so i don't think it should be done that way but those are the some that's part of the problem with answering such a massive question like that. And figures are thrown around constantly, like, you know, Northern Ireland will cost ten billion is, is a big one mm. to run. But we just it's so hard to measure that. Um mm. so there there is a limited amount of research out about there uh, out there about, you know, how much it would run. And that kind of plays into a greater theme mm. that we learned from this research is that, you know, and it came up in the healthcare topic as well that more research needs to be done on these things Mm. a lot of it is talked about constantly and there's just not hard uh, cold hard facts and figures to point to to prove some of the statements that are made you know as someone said to me like it's all very well and good saying it would be much better if we were united it's another thing saying where's the research to actually prove that yeah yeah I mean and I like I feel like that's something that we come up against in Ireland a lot that we have ideas about things that might be nice but like there is work to be done if you want to implement anything or if changes are actually made and thank you so much Grania and so the next topic of the good information project is the world of work post-covid which I'm sure everyone will be interested in because I think there's no doubt that we are going to be forever changed by the last um 12 well it's more than 12 months now but the last yeah however long it is we will all be forever <laughs> changed um so Absolutely. if people have um kind of questions or topics or suggestions they can get in touch with you right they can yeah if you um if you want to send in your ideas you can do it through there's an uh, a whatsapp number that you can send ideas in if you go on the journal site there is an, a specific section on the site for the good information project so you can read all the things we've done in the past 4 weeks and there's also ways of getting in touch there and you can also uh, email us in you know my email's grania@journal.ie 
or uh, you can send us uh, a tweet or an e- or there's a general email tips at thejournal.ie if you have strong opinions because we would love to hear them. Well, fantastic. Thank you so much, Grania Nia, journalist with The Journal and representative of the Good Information Project. Have a great day, Grania. Thank you. Thank you. I just love that because I think, you know, we we need to get deeper into these topics. And, um, you know, we need to have a voice within the kind of the development of our the future of our country. Such a good project. Really excited to continue to talk about their ideas and the work that they're doing as time goes on. Your ideas, really, I suppose. Louise McSherry on 2FM.